it's that time of the week again, and you're listening to episode 24 of the Fantasy Fund Manager podcast. I'm Stuart Lohman from Biz News. Week 23 winner was Bongi King Clefada. He managed a 2.95% return. Our current overall leader is still Grant Morris, who's up 16.41%. This week has seen the resource counters, especially gold topping the charts, while the bling of Richmond props up the rear. Guests today are Gareth Montana, director at Coron Capital, and Caleb Hannibal, portfolio manager at ShareNet. Gareth, as we enter the last three weeks of the game, are there any lessons you've learned over the period that could be used in the world of investing? Stu, I've been around in investing now for over 20 years. And, you know, you were saying earlier, that you don't know how we do it as professionals. The truth is, is that markets, markets are tough. Uh, we've obviously had a, a, you know, a really sad week from a humanitarian perspective. Lots of innocent lives lost. Um, no need to go into too much detail there. But obviously, you know, all of these things do have an effect on the market. Um, it's been mute somewhat. Uh, I think Monday there was a bit of concern, but, you know, just more volatility, higher oil prices to start the week. So, no, I mean, markets are, are, are never easy. Um, it, it is the nature of, of the game. I suppose that is the lesson is that, you every time you get comfortable, beware because markets uh, th- there's always something to provoke thought, um, but a volatility and action. There's this quote that's uh, when we are in uh, in comfort, we are at our weakest. It's an interesting concept when you reverse it. Calum, first time on the podcast, um, can you describe it down the life of Calum, the portfolio manager? Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity, Stuart. Um, yeah, uh, typically uh, during the course of the morning. Um, we log onto onto um, our platform. Obviously, we we started off as a as a as a data offering, and 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 we branched out to various other services. Um, so first thing, uh, have a look at the sense, just see what sense was announced during the course of the morning, um, and also you know companies normally try and sneak in a, a sense late late afternoon after market close. So that was my first priorities in the morning because that obviously impacts potentially you know client portfolios. Um, have a bit of a run down on what happened in the US session uh, as well as the Asian session, uh, and then try and you know create a view um, either for the day or you know if there's any macro events that needs attention, um, you know just try and, and, and navigate through that. Okay, as Gareth mentioned, markets are difficult at the moment. We see sort of potential war in the Middle East. How are you seeing sort of markets going forward? Well, I'm I'm actually very bullish. Um, Shorter term, uh, markets has been incredibly difficult. Uh, you know, over the last you can score the last six or seven months, lots of volatility, um, lack of liquidity in the JSC, um, volumes drying up. Um, having said that, though, I did actually I'm, I monitor a few indicators, um, and one of those indicators basically triggered in last week. If you look at the overall market, the JSC was down probably 10 or 12% as of last week and Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, that's in rand terms, but in dollar terms, actually, they were down over 20%. So it was actually a, it was actually a perfect dip buying opportunity uh, that doesn't come around very often. On the other time, the signal actually fired for the year was back in March, and, and since oh, that, that signal fired, um, basically, uh, the market went at about a 10%, 5% uh, bull run. So I am uh, cautiously optimistic on the market going forward. I think there's enough value in the market. Um, 
prices have come down quite a bit in a lot of counters you know, from resources, uh, retailers, food retailers. So I think there is you know, ample opportunity in the market going forward. I see we've seen a massive bounce this week in the gold shares. I see Pick and Pay picked up a lot of its, uh, well, not quite all its loss from last week, this week. Are you seeing any specific counters, any value, Callum, potential buying opportunity? I, I, I do. Um, I, like I mentioned before, I think the broader market, there are definitely uh, you know, value plays. I, I like retailers. Um, they've, they've basically come back quite a bit. They've, they've had a tough time with, you know, Factors beyond their control, uh, things like no shedding, the spending. Just on the markets, Gareth, with the oil price, inflation, exchange rates, we have spoken about rates, cuts, a taller order looking forward. Do you see, believe these events make that a longer sort of window? So I think the, 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 the big question is, is the conflict going to be constrained to Israel and Palestine. If that is the case, I don't see longer-term impact on oil or any further inflationary pressures as a result of this. However, should the should any conflict escalate beyond that, specifically in relation to Iran, I think you could then further have further pressure on the oil price, which would obviously directly influence oil. So you know, it's it's very much going to be driven by how far these tensions in the Middle East escalate. Um, but I think what is, and, and potentially speaking to, to Caleb's point, one of the things that there has been optimism for the last year, talking about load shedding, saying we in the worst of it. And at the beginning of, of 2023, this is going to be the last tough year. And I actually think we're starting to see signs of that coming through. I think the the renewable um, uptake has been massive. South Africa's jumped forward and becoming quite green with regards to electricity. Um, so that that's a big positive for the negatives that we've had to navigate. And I think there's also murmurings that Kusile is coming on stream early next year. You you compound that, and I think you know there's going to be a massive tailwind coming for these retailers you don't have to spend vast amount of money on diesel keeping the lights on keeping goods refrigerated so i i, I do think that 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 will help in the south african construct uh, a lot tell me back uh, just to follow up on, on gareth's comment there the retailers does anything else stand out for you with those potential green shoots on the cost front well particularly in 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 the the retail sector sector specifically um I, I do think you know there would be quite a bit of potential upside. Um, like I said, if if potentially we have a an improvement in 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 in, in the low shooting situation, that immediately translates into a multiplier effect because not just affects you know direct costs, costs will be lower. It will also affect sentiment. Um, I think sentiment in South Africa at the moment um, is probably at its worst level in in a while. Um, and I think sentiment drives markets to a large extent. So I think any uptick in 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 that particular situation would translate to you know positive earnings going forward for for a lot of companies. Consumers are under pressure, but if they you know feel slightly better about you know after going forward uh, and confidence returns, then I definitely think you know there are definitely some upside uh, you know across the across the sectors. 
Yes, with three weeks of the game left to play, um, is there anything that sticks out from a strategy point of view on your side? Any ways to potentially play the game? <laughs> I suppose it depends where you are on the ranking table. Top of it, top of it, try and hold on. But if you if you're not at the top, uh, I think it's it becomes quite a lot of luck when you're talking about such a short time frame. So if you've got massive grounds to make up, potentially you've got to look at some of the worst performers and hoping for rebounds because that's you know, it, it's going to be a lot of a lot of luck and 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 timing around that. But that's the only way you're going to really gain ground in such a short space of time. But along the lines of the theme we're speaking about, you know, a pick and pay that has just been a, a brutal share to hold from from the start of the competition. That would maybe be a, a little pick in for the last three weeks, uh, as as uh, as. You know, Joburg specifically seeing a lot better load shedding time schedule. So maybe that, that sentiment, as Caleb speaks to, starts playing through because sentiment does. Caleb, on your side, with quickly. three weeks to go, have you got any tips for the gamers? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I like I like Blue. I know obviously it's been in the news quite a bit, um, you know, with, with the South Sea um, acquisition. But I think Blue, in terms of a company on its own, is actually a little company. It reminds me a lot of, you know, like a 10 cents out in out in Asia, um, they've actually got their tentacles in, um, you know, a lot of businesses, you know, aware of anything from airtime um, to uh, prepaid vending ticket, ticketing systems, uh, vouchers. Um, we're not necessarily always aware of, of, of the back-end systems, but they've actually got a neat tech ecosystem going. Um, and I think they could definitely, the synergies between Blue and South Sea could definitely drive earnings going forward. So I like Blue. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a of a of a gold bug right now. Obviously, gold uh, being in the news quite a bit uh, with all the geopolitical concerns out in Israel and Palestine. Um, Anglo gold will probably be uh, one of my picks that recently just you know moved their primary listing from from Joburg to to New York to New York. Um, and I think there's there's better you know capital calls out out, out in the US. Most of the volume of Anglo gold. Trades out uh, out of the American ADR in any event, so I think um, yeah, I think going forward, I think it could be a bit of a. Gareth, have you got any of those in your selections, Anglo or Blue? Blue, I do, uh, but not Anglo Gold. I've I've my my resource player was the broader resource basket, and you know, bringing in hopefully a, a, a copper player which hasn't panned out. Uh, I do think longer term that it's that's is still the play, uh, you know, as we move more to electric vehicles, um, you know, copper is a key component. And, you know, I think, I think longer term structurally, it is, it's, it, it, the diversified miners should form part of a portfolio, but, but certainly nothing that's going to get me to the top of the tables in the next three weeks. That's more of a longer term play. Excellent. Thanks, Gareth. And thanks to Callum. That was Gareth Montana, director at Corrin Capital and Callum Hannibal, portfolio manager at ShareNet. And a big thanks to our sponsors that make the podcast possible, Terebinth Capital, Money Better, Klukas Grey Asset Management, and ShareNet. And remember to subscribe to the show below so you don't miss an episode and make any changes to your portfolios before 9am on Monday. From me, Stuart Lohman, cheerio.